The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helen, and we are on with my co-host, host of The Militant Moderate, and one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, and yours, Paul Michael mm. Boland. G'day, Paul. Hello, hello, hello. And what exactly are we talking about today? I mean, I know this is a big weekend because it's Comic-Con weekend, so very basically there's nobody in town. They, yes, they're I know. All in San, on, every, everybody's in San Diego. It's, it's interesting. They actually cut off selling a lot of the tickets. They've, um, you can only get so many people into that Comic-Con. Oh, so the freebie stuff? Oh, yeah. Or, it's, or it's uh, comp, pretty... I should say comp tickets? You know? Oh, yeah, no, comp a... tickets are fun. I always get those. I didn't go. Um, hmm. <laughs> I'm actually at one of our partners' places, one of the places, uh, the charities that we look after. Hmm. Free MMA. I'm over at their place right now and doing live from here because I'm a consultant for the board and they're bringing in more people. And I do want to remind everyone, every time we use bad language on this show, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, free MMA, and the Humane Society of America. So when we swear, it's out of love. Um, Moist. moist. That's not swearing. It just sounds weird. (laughs) Well, we've just gotten so desensitized. And, you know, i got to throw Alexis a curveball every once in a while. I wonder if she's actually going to count how many times you said moist. <laughs> Thinking it's swearing or something. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to worry about that. So there's a whole bunch going on in the news today. I actually didn't keep up on any of it. I should have. I know there was a bunch of weirdness about uh, everyone. You know the hashtag not my Ariel because racist. I guess I don't. I don't know. Just, who is complaining? I mean, I've seen like a couple of tweets were people who don't have many followers. That could be even something created just to drum up, you know, for the show. I and I did hear thing. something called white Twitter. And then there's no way I am freaking Googling that. Not at yeah, all. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't do that. I'm on enough lists. Okay. <laughs> you know, or people just aren't doing their job. One of the two, but I, I, I think this is really created just to drum up a little publicity. I, I, See, the one that got to me was I saw something that said, that's not how mermaids look. This is how mermaids look. And it put up a cartoon picture of Ariel. I'm like, uh, it's a fucking mermaid. It's right. A fictional char- if a fictional character wants to be black, green, blue, let's just make Ariel blue. She lives under the ocean. Why not? That takes care right. of the problem. And right? I did see somebody try to explain how because sunlight doesn't penetrate the water as well as there. The melanin, melanin, there you go, uh, in their skin wouldn't turn dark. I'm like, and they also wouldn't be able to breathe underwater, you know. But They'd also be bald because hair's not going to survive. They'd have fish, uh, they'd have shark fangs, gills. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. So it's like, look, the original sailors thought mermaids were actually turned out to be mantatees. So, yeah, they were uh, putting their hands up dugongs. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, well, you know, and he's supporting a storm. So they, uh, I just don't think this is really a thing. I think this is something that's created. I remember there was a. I think a, it's a, racist. Like I legit think it's racist. I don't think we're that racist. I I do. I think that the fact that someone even gives a shit or is trying to explain why, like literally rationalize away why a fictional character should be white. Okay, first of all, how many men are uh, actually had, because uh, the people who watch The Little Mermaid as kids are men now, theoretically, well, at least in age. How many of y'all actually, was this your, like, was this your go-to movie when you were a kid, you know? There are a lot of angry men over this, believe it or not. I just don't think that's, that we're not that, we're not that racist anymore. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Of course it exists. For one, I'm still here. Second. Paul, one day I will tell you about my trip to a place called Ripley, Mississippi, where my friend Kitty, who is one mm-hmm. of the nicest people in the entire world, explained mm-hmm. to me why a black guy was hanging out in the car because he didn't want to go into the VFW and get picked on. Or beat up. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm not. I'm just saying that. Do the racists really give that much of a crap about the Little Mermaid? Well, yeah, they don't have a whole bunch to give a crap about. When you're living in a trailer being paid for by the government, why not? There's all sorts of stuff to give a crap about today. I mean, we got the Gang of Four in Washington that they can they can uh, throw stuff at, but it's the, the Little Mermaid. I You're thinking really, they can read, write, and care about politics, Paul. Lower your bar. This thing just seems so astroturfed. You know, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem organic. It just seems astroturfed. There, that would that surprise being, me. Yeah, I'm. It could just white be male. people trolling. It could just be people trolling, and then yeah. other people believed it and ran with it. That's what I'm saying. You know, people people say things on the internet that they would not say in real life. Now, I am not one of those people. I say everything in real life that I would that I shouldn't say on the internet. So I think we but, should all have a law that says our face has to go with everything we say on the internet. I think people uh, would clean up their does. act pretty quick. Yeah, mine it does. Yeah, you know, I, I I put up. I think I put up today a, a picture of a cactus which had a, a, a long opening in it. And I, well, it was very, well, okay, it looked like a vagina. But, uh, and I said this was a perfect metaphor for some of my past relationships. That's funny. And I know that makes me a horrible person. Why? But I'm, I'm okay with it. Why would it make you a horrible person? Eh, you know, uh, well, I mean, definitely would be uh, misogynistic. At least considered misogynistic in today's day and age. I don't think that's misogynistic. I say things like that about guys I dated all the time. Mm. That doesn't make me a feminazi. Well, no. No, that wouldn't be that thing. But there's... But, I, I mean, just bringing it back to this uh, Little Mermaid thing, it's just... I just can't... Just how many people really care? You know? A shocking I, amount. I mean, we had mar- how many? How much back? How much backlash was there uh, swapping out uh, Mary Jane or uh, racially changing uh, Mary Jane in the last two Spider-Man movies? Uh, a fair explain? amount. Yes. I didn't hear anything. But oh yeah, that got that not as much as Ariel, but that got complaints. See, at least more men would give a crap about that. 
It was women complaining then, too. It's mostly and, women that complain. Well, you know, it's what else have they got to do? You know, all right. Okay, that was misogynistic. <laughs> just, just if we're, and if we we're in, going, there we go. <laughs> you got one, Paul. That one was, but mm. I, I don't. I understand these are beloved characters. I do, and Disney has to tread carefully. But if they found the best singer, they found the person that best personifies the part. Who really cares? Yeah, I don't know. I just. Uh... And now I haven't seen the. Uh, uh, did you Did you go and see Aladdin? No, I prefer not to put myself through um, hating Will Smith. Because I heard a lot of really good things about it, but uh, those trailers look kind of weird. I mean, Will Smith and Blueface, or shall we say, Blueface? Yeah. It's a really, it was really, really, it, it's not Will Smith being blue. He can be blue all he wants. But that was a flop. And Lion King, they're trying to sell the crap out of, with Beyonce in it. But I actually, watching the trailers and stuff for The Lion King, I'm going to be really controversial. I'm not a huge Beyonce fan. I'm not. I, I think she's talented. Oh, I think she's crap for that. I know. I think she's talented. But I don't think she's as great as she's made out to be. I love her humanitarian work, and every time I hear Beyonce behind that lion's face, you just you see Beyonce. It kind of kills it for you. I want to see, I, I want to see the characters. Not look, it's Beyonce playing Lion King. Mm. It's just uh, a little heartbreak. I, I just think Beyonce is too overblown. But you told me Taylor Swift was in Cats, and that makes cast, that supporting cast. But she actually she looks pretty good. Supporting at it, cast but, you know. is fine. Supporting cast uh -huh. is fine. And if you've got yeah, Judy Dench, you can do no wrong. It surrounds... I just had it. Uh, give me one second. I got my computer in front of you. It surrounds Francesca Hayward, who is the uh, lead. Lead in the new Cats thing. Uh, she's got a dancer's resume, and she's got all the right bits of dancer's resume. Prima ballerina in the British Royal Ballet mm -hmm. Uh, sorry, I just it, it, really I, I, would it would it be a shock to you? If, uh, I told you I never attended a ballet. I'm I'm thoroughly shocked. I loved ballet. Yeah. So. Okay, yeah, and that's the sound of no one being shocked. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, the people are. I'm seeing on Facebook that people are marking themselves safe from the cats trailer. I'm I'm sure that's done with ironing. Oh yeah, for sure. I find that funny though. Like it's that. I what did you call that effect? Oh, uh, there's the uncanny valley. Valley. Uh, that's the basically. There, there have been movies where they have tried to go on photorealistic with their CGI. Uh, think Scorpion King two, or no, The Mummy. The Mummy Returns too, when uh, The Rock came out as like this half weird thing. You're looking at, you're supposed to see a human face, but it's not quite real. Real. So it just kind of sets Beowulf. up. Beowulf. Beowulf. Uh, the uh, Polar Express. Uh, it's been a couple, you know, like when they when Pixar does humans, they kind of cartoonify them. So that kind of goes away. Everybody, your eyes don't realize that they're not even trying to be human. You accept it and you move on. Uh, uh, 
and there's this deep flake thing going on, which is still kind of hitting me, uh, which is something we'll probably talk about when we come back from break. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to break. Guys, when we come back, we're going to chat a little bit more. Wow, that was uh, very, very excited. Part, I, mm-hmm. That was smooth on my part, wasn't it? It was. You were <laughs> just like... Yeah, and then we and we're going to be talking with our special guest today, Dr. Philip Kraft. He's a board-certified plastic surgeon. He practices practices in uh, Miami, Florida. He's a diplomat of the American Board of Plastic Surgery, a member of the and American we'll Society of Plastic Surgeons. I, right, we have to go to break. I'm really excited to see him. He's badass. Watched a docu on him. Really interesting guy. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Boland, and we'll be right back after this. Okay. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co-host, host of the Militant Motto, Paul Michael Boland, and we are talking about all things Hollywood. I do want to give a quick shout-out to Adrian Alcantar Hair Studios. Thank you for always making me look red carpet ready. The Tangerine Hotel in Burbank, you guys are badass. Thank you. The New Palm Springs Diet, as always, a thank you to Dr. Ross. If you guys want to lose some weight, go get the New Palm Springs Diet. You just spray it under your tongue. Easy way to easy way to lose hotel the graduate hotel in tempe arizona and four mm. paws coffee company thank you guys i love the amount of work you do for charity our giveaways this week are from off-road rentals in palm springs california and uh, true rest floats uh, float spas in sedona and las vegas so it's at offer palm springs or true rest float in sedona and las vegas we'll give you a free ride or a free float you just have to answer this question pull your question <laughs> Okay, who is the new star of the uh, Cats movie? Yeah, what he said. Mm-hmm. Which apparently it's giving everyone creepy vibes. Uh, 
I don't know. You can, I thought it was I thought it was kind of hot, but you know, what are you gonna do? It's a bunch of pussy cats dancing dancing in a trash can. One of my favorite things for uh, was how much the nanny, the nineties TV show, the nanny, referenced mm. uh, cats and how Maxwell had passed on it. I thought that was brilliant. Ah, uh, you got to help me out. I did not. I don't. Well, I I, I do know the show that you're t- you're referring to. Essentially, Maxwell Sheffield was a uh, was a, he he did Broadway plays kind of thing, and his um, was he the 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 male lead that the yeah he uh, was the male lead. What what's her face? Ah, was insane a, in love with. Yeah, fair enough. Didn't eventually yeah. married that to a member of the Magnuson Seven play his dad. Is Robert Ball? I believe. Well, the whole joke was that he passed on cats. Okay. That was Fair the enough. whole thing. He passed on cats. And his argument was, was his always, it's pushy, pussy cats dancing in a trash can. Eh, yeah, yeah. An argument can be made. I've never seen cats. Is it any good? No, but we've seen every fourth grader uh, sing memories at a high school, at some sort of, I mean, school recital. That's true too. Mm. So why is this such a big deal? Okay, people are getting creeped out because of what we refer to as the uh, we mentioned the uncanny valley, valley, and we're just uh, looking. At, it's it's not quite as bad as that Sonic the Hedgehog thing thing, and it's kind of it's like look if if you were just dropped in. Uh, to the cast, to like a cast party where they're still in their thing from the from the cast of Cats in 1982, and you had no idea what the hell's going on, you would be scared shitless because it was done with That's makeup true. and movement, and they apparently want to keep as much movement as they can, and you know it's seeing a human face on an animal, and I think that probably what's creeping people out. I don't care, you know, I'm. I guess I'm not in the musicals. Sorry. I like musicals. I love Sweeney Todd. I think like uh, Little Shop of Horrors is probably my favorite one, if I even have one. Or Ken Russell's Tommy, if you even call it, consider that uh, a musical or more of a rock opera. I love rock operas. Those are really good. Mm-hmm. So, really the part. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. With all the drama and everything we've had going on, let's enjoy a good rock opera. I liked Rock of Ages. Nobody else liked that. No, I didn't. E- I didn't either. I mean, they. they uh, I thought their bits of it were funny, funny, but they uh, they missed the point of the of some of the music, where they would combine like three songs into one. It was like medley fiesta. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, like, and there was a cover. Uh, it was tied in the Miami Vice movie of Phil Collins in the air tonight, where like maybe thirty seconds into the song, you get that drum uh, thing that you know mm-hmm. thing that everybody knows, like the, one of the greatest drum fills of all time. They did it like thirty seconds. They didn't earn it. They didn't earn the hook. They just sang the hook. So that makes everything sense. Kind of just fell flat, as far as I'm concerned. I really didn't like the lead female in it. Was a big part of my problem. Uh, who the hell was the female in that? Irritating blonde used to be engaged to uh, Ryan Seacrest. 
Okay. Not going to help you out on that one. <laughs> do who I do I got, like, I got, I'm very... I got nothing. Well, yeah. I'm really excited. We have today on the show, we have uh, Dr. Philip Kraft. I think I went through his board certified plastic surgeon. He's got mm-hmm. two locations in Florida. He's a diplomat of the American Board of Plastic Surgery, a member of the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, a pioneer of cosmetic reconstructive surgery of the breast and body, highly trained in all aspects of plastic surgery. He specializes in aesthetic surgery of the breast, body, and face. He was trained at the University of Tennessee and burn surgery. And after graduating from plastic surgery training, he set up a year of specialized cosmetic surgery training with some of the world's most respected expert surgeons in the field. Further intensive study in the area of facelifts, body lifts, body contouring, and massive weight loss have made him extremely sought after and a diverse plastic surgeon. He's chosen to train exclusively in breast augmentation and breast lift techniques, which he's enjoyed perfecting. Now, I got to tell you, the way I heard about this guy is I watched a docu on him uh, and he and his wife were in okay. it. This, this could be my new hero. He uh, right. On a way to build a better boob. He's on his way to build a better person. You should see some of this guy's work. He's incredible. I watched him on a docu where he was. Um, he, they had were at, he had me at boob, though. So, ah, uh, good. Okay, at least so. you're putting a lot of thought into this. Well, we've had a lot of requests for, to talk about plastic surgery, what's good and what's bad, and how to know it and how not. And his work is incredible. He has done a lot <clears throat> on his wife, which is part of what we were watching in this documentary. And she looks amazing. You, I've seen a lot of people, especially in our industry, get work, and it ages them 20 years. And now, his wife... So, mm-hmm. so, so you saw a documentary about boobs and you didn't send me a link? It wasn't about boobs, Paul. You're distracted. Um, I'd like to welcome to the show uh, Dr. Philip Kraft. Hello, guys. G'day, Dr. Kraft. How are you doing? Doing so well. Thank you for having me on. Thank you very, very much for joining us. We seem to have distracted my co-host at Boobs. Boobs. Uh, yes, he's, uh, yes. He, he's, he's enjoying it as much as we do down here in Miami. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I gave everyone your intro, and I talked a little bit about you, but could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes. Um, my father was a plastic surgeon, so all I knew growing up was about beauty and uh, how people appreciate trying to make the little small imperfections that they have to make them better. And when I got into the medical field, I decided to do the same thing, and you know, I've really enjoyed it. It was either Los Angeles or Miami for me, and uh, at the last moment, I decided to come to Miami just because the orange juice and coffee are so good down here. And uh, this is just a, a great place to do a lot of body sculpting, which is one of my favorite things to do. The, the, the girls and guys down here really like to get nice contour of their abdomen and their and their waist, and then they also like to have breasts that they show quite frequently in their bikinis. and. It's been a wonderful, wonderful experience down here in Miami with the cosmetic practice. Fantastic. Now, I, I watched you. I actually saw you. You came up in a documentary, um, you and your partner. You've been pretty pretty sought after, and people have been asking your opinion on a lot of things. Um, one of the first things that I had wrote it, I had someone write in about when we said we were having you on and you talked about the work you'd done on your wife was – does it uh, affect her self-esteem? Because I, I watched this. I'm sure it doesn't, but I want to kind of leave some of the listeners. Does it, um, does it bother her to have you working on her? And is that harder for you? 
You know, it was it was just really interesting because at the very beginning, you know, she was really kind of shy about doing anything surgical or even needles, uh, to, to be quite honest. But you know, as as we started having children and she started losing some volume in her breasts, you know, she was seeing all the nice outcomes that we were having, and she says, you know, I think I might be interested. So we, the first thing that we did after about three years of breastfeeding our, our, th- our, our, uh, our children is that after the, the volume of the breast went down, she just wanted a breast implant just to give her her volume back because she was always accustomed to having nice-sized breasts and she would like to have that back. And So that was the very beginning, and her recovery was, was easy. You know, it's a one-hour surgery and about a two- or three-day recovery. It just feels like pressure. And, and a couple of years later, after our other child came, then uh, she started losing some weight and her buttocks started getting a little bit flat. So we did a, a butt uh, implant back there just to give it more projection, not really make it bigger, but to give lost projection. And then just a little sculpting of her waist. You know, once you gain 30 or 40 pounds with a child, you do gain some fat and you start to collect it around the lower abdomen and the, the mm-hmm. waist and sometimes the inner and outer thighs. So just did a little bit of sculpting in there just to bring her back to where she was. You know, she was absolutely magnificent before children, but she's she's absolutely magnificent now as well. What got you into plastic surgery? You said your dad was into plastic surgery. What made you specialize the way you have? You have a phenomenal reputation. Um, you can look online and you just hear story after story of how you've changed people's lives with this. You know, I just, I think it's, uh, I, I think it was just the love of, of how beautiful women are and how, how beautiful the, the human figure is. It's just, it's just an amazing, it's just amazing to be able to go in there and just do little bitty things and make them look just a little bit better. And it just changes their whole aspect and their whole approach to, to how they, how they act and what clothes that they wear. And, you know, I just really enjoy it almost as an art form. You know, I, I, I really get in there and do my best to try to listen to the patients and give them what they want, and I try to coach them uh, on what they really shouldn't get. Like I had a few today that were in for consults, and they wanted breasts that might be just a little bit too large for their frame. And, you know, I try to tell them where to avoid those pitfalls because if you get big breath, then, you know, the, the skin can stretch, and then you, you kind of look a little chubby, and it kind of goes in the opposite direction. So. I try to use my experience. I've been doing this for almost 20 years now. I try to use that experience to coach them ahead of time so that they get the result that they want that they're going to be happy with. That's fantastic. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be chatting a little bit more about how to get gorgeous. I know you guys can uh, want to write in, and I have a whole bunch of questions on Twitter, and I promise we will answer some of them. Okay, just behave yourselves. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, Paul Michael Bolin, and our very, very special guest, uh, Dr. Philip Kraft. We'll be right back after this. If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. 
This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co-host, host of The Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolan, and our very special guest, Dr. Philip Croft. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Croft. Paul, I know you. Yes, thank you. Thanks so much. <laughs> so we've got a bunch of questions on Twitter. I'm going mad on that. Um, one of the first things I wanted to ask you is, you're a breast specialist. What, what would be the best reason for someone to get their breast done? Uh, well, there's several different types of breast surgeries. If you have, if if you're young and you've never had uh, any volume, you don't have much of a cup size. Then you know those are usually the 17 to to 25 year olds. And uh, you know a breast augmentation is where you just put usually a silicone implant under the pectoralis major muscle, which is basically your push up muscle. And then you you give them a shape that they desire, so they bring in pre and po- they bring in photographs of what they would like to look like after surgery, and then we just go over those and pick out ones that would would, would fit her chest. You know, we measure the anatomy, we see what the what the width of the implant would look the nicest for them, and then uh, we get on the same page as to a nice uh, surgical plan, and then we uh, we do it. It takes about an hour, so that would be for somebody that's young that's never had breast you know breast augmentation. Um, Recovery is two or three weeks. You can start doing exercise and and back to work, back to driving in about four or five days. The next one would be somebody that's had nice sized breasts, maybe breastfed, maybe lost ten or fifteen pounds and lost some volume. So that type of a patient might just need an implant to get them back to where the shape that they had uh, prior to that weight loss or 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 uh, pregnancy, which is exactly what happened with my wife. And then the next one would be if somebody had a very large breasts and they they just didn't like the way that they looked, which is usually the complaint of like the lateral or the outside of the breast is too big and it kind of makes them look chubby or they've dropped way too far down and instead of the breast being on the chest, they're kind of like halfway down on, on the lower chest and upper abdomen and those those patients would need like a reduction where you you take some of that extra volume out of the bottom, which is really heavy, and take some of the extra skin out, which kind of tightens up the skin brassiere and gives them that shape that they want. So it's it's really a, it's really a, like a, a volume thing. Do you need volume? You would do an implant. Uh, do you do you have too much volume? Then you would do a breast reduction. Mm-hmm. I think most men look at a breast reduction surgery as just evil, but you know that's a whole other thing. Yeah, that's that's true. I know, but you, I, I'm sure you can get more men to dance if you can put another pair on their back. <laughs> yeah. We have, we have we have interest, interesting requests, that's for sure. But, you know, it's 
it's my job to try to educate the patient and, and then tell them for their, for their physique what will look the best for them. And then we just go over the photos and, again, be open and honest and, and, and try to see exactly why they want the breast implant and, or whatever surgery that they want and then try to deliver that result to them. All right. I, I, can I ask the next question? I need to know oh, sure. what is what is your weirdest request? What 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 was like the weirdest thing that somebody asked you to do? Were you just like? Uh-huh. I mean, you always you always have I'm patients out. that come in and say, you know, I like to have the buttocks like like Jennifer Lopez or buttocks like mm-hmm. Kim Kardashian or lips like Bobby right. Brown or you know, you always have these ones and and you know, you try to look to see what you're starting with and you know, how's the skin quality? How is do they have enough? have enough volume of fat to be able to do a fat transfer if they wanted their buttocks to be bigger. And you try to see if you can get close to that. But sometimes you say, you know, you just, you know, this we just can't achieve those type of, we can't achieve that for you. And then t- tell them why and be honest and and then try to discourage them from proceeding because, you know, just like Michael Jackson, you can, after you do too many surgeries, then you start going in reverse. And once you start going, you start getting so much scarring and you start having these problems. It's very difficult to correct it and make it look natural. So you want to be yeah, super like conservative when you approach, the approach these. There, but, you know, yeah. Can, can I ask a personal here. question? I, I'm yeah. getting, I've had my nose fixed. I had reconstructive surgery done on my nose after I broke it several times. And then I rebroke it again. Um, and I have trouble breathing. If I wanted to get that fixed... Is that a good idea at this point? Cause I've already had it fixed once, and I've broken it multiple times, and I have a sharp bone sticking in the side of it now. Oh, crap. I've had plastic surgery. I've had a rhinoplasty on my nose. Those to fix there you go. So, all right. Fair enough. Yeah, so so for you, when it comes to – it's hard for you to breathe. Inside the nose, you have – a little air canal that that allows the passage of, of air to get to your to your lungs, and sometimes if that valve is is too narrow, when you breathe in, it causes that the little internal valve to kind of kind of close off. So for you, even though that you've had your nose repaired several times, you probably just need just a little bit of a surgery to make that little angle inside the nose a little bit more open, so that as you do breathe in, that it, it doesn't close. So it's is that a, a pretty, pretty, pretty quick procedure to do that. Is that a deviated septum, or is that different from a deviated septum? That's I different, but a deviated, a deviated septum, septum could be could be part of the issue. So you look at the you'd look at turbinates, which are like little bony projections in in the nasal passage. Those can be kind of removed or, or made smaller, and then the, that little that angle of that little valve inside the nose can be made a little bit more open, so that the passage of air is better. And then the septum can be straightened out, and all of those would definitely help airflow. Fair enough. Nice. What would you say if someone wanted to get extremely large breast implants? Have you done them? The mega implants? You know, the, the, the largest breast. implants that I ever put in are right around 800 cc silicone, which is, you know, right around 400 cc's is close to a pound. So each breast would be two pounds. That's pretty big. But, you know, if you were, if you were a female that was... What's that? You know, maybe six, six feet tall, an A cup or a small B cup, and you wanted to be a nice D cup, you probably could get away with putting an 800cc implant because then you, proportion-wise, 800cc's on somebody that tall would look really nice. But on somebody that's five foot to five four, putting 800cc implants, it would just, it would be way too big. So, you know, the the normal size implant and the trends that I'm seeing now, at least here in Miami on, on this side of the 
of uh, the U.S. is smaller breast right now. And at the very beginning, maybe five or ten years ago, it was the larger the better. Now I'm seeing all those girls coming back and going going smaller with the implants and maybe even taking the implants out and kind of doing a lift because they just, they just don't want the trouble of, of the breast dropping. They don't want the trouble of the breast being too wide and too heavy looking. So it's, that trend is definitely kind of heading to the small side now. Yeah, Miami's kind of an ass town and where uh, Hollywood's more of a breast town. Thing. See, I, I, right. I, I should move to Miami then. All I have is ass. I have no boobs. What do you think about the string implants? A lot of actresses, I have someone writing in right now, she had the string implants done. Uh, she's in adult entertainment. She's had them done. She can't get them out because it's mixed in now. What do you think about these string implants? I don't know what that is. Yeah. Are we talking about like they've injected silicone or like somebody has has injected silicone into the tissue? I'm not sure that I, I understand that question. Uh, I know most of the girls, a lot of girls in porn are doing this thing where it's injected in through the armpit. So they're the, minimizing the scarring uh, as much as possible. It's uh, polypropylene breast implants. Apparently they take off the market. It was a string breast implant. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not familiar with that. I mean, we... we I'm not, I'm not familiar with that type of an implant here in here in the in Miami area. You know, we do implants through the areola, and the ones that we use are usually either Allergan or or Cintra silicone implants. Um, and we also use um, um, saline implants. Now, you can use a silicone type of an implant that's a thicker, but usually that's reserved for for male chests that kind of want to have a, a a nice, more defined, chiseled chest. And those implants can be placed through the bottom of the areola at the inframammary fold or the fold at the bottom of the breast, or sometimes you can do it up in the in the axilla or the armpit. One of the questions I have here is, my areolas are two different sizes. Oh, I'm sorry, poor girl. Uh, they're drastically different sizes. Is there something that can be done to fix that? On the on the on the areola size, it's a little bit larger. You would mark out what the the diameter and the and the shape of the areola is on on the smaller side, and then you would transfer that same template to the larger areola, and then you would just make an incision around that template, and then you would remove the extra areola tissue that's on the outside of that of that border, and then you would act, then you would just suture that areola back in position. So you'd make one areola smaller, and keep the other areola the same size. Interesting. I lost and we, feeling. And you see that quite frequently. Probably sixty or seventy percent of of the women that we see, there's always there's always one breast that's a little bit smaller, a little bit a little bit asymmetric. Huh. Yeah, when they're real, they they're not. That's you know, they don't look like they're mold they're molded. It's, mm. uh, so I, the next question is. My areola is expanded after my breast implants. Is that normal? Yes, if if you if you have areolas that are very are, are large and the areola tissue is a little bit more elastic than the surrounding normal breast uh, skin, if you put an implant in that might be a little bit too big, again that's the reason why you have to coach your patients. If you put an implant in that's that's a little too big for the anatomy that you have, the pressure from the implant over time, especially if the muscle's contracting and kind of pushing the implant in a downward position. It can help, it can slowly stretch the areola, so you do see you do see that quite frequently, and and you know it's, it's something that you can fix. And what you do is you just go to both sides. Once it gets to a, a diameter that's too big for your liking, you just do a, a real reduction, 
and make it as small as you want. You know, you can make it like a half a dollar size or a little bit larger or whatever whatever size that you like. That's awesome. Our next question, uh, he's asked me not to say his name. We ha- He has a lot of fat tissue around his penis and it's covering a lot of his penis. He's very embarrassed by it. Is there a way to fix that? I'm really shortening yeah, the this way down because I way don't that approach that. Can, I, is it, can we hang on it, one? Can we hang on one sec? Do not send sure. me photos. It is going to me, not the doctor. Bad listeners. Bad listeners. No just, sending just me photos. Take, take the whole. He's a grower, not a shower. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> send me photos. We've had this conversation. I beg your pardon. Please continue, doctor. I don't want him either. So yeah, so for for that uh, for that guy, the way that you would approach it is is it if it's a little bit of fat, then you would just do a little liposuction, with small little incision about one or two millimeters in length, and use a small cannula to remove the fat in that upper pubic area on on the male. And if it's a lot of fat, then sometimes you have to make an incision, almost like a like a cesarean incision, like for a C-section for a female. You make an incision like that, and you actually go in there and and remove probably half to three-quarters of the, of the fullness due to the fat in that area and then pull the pubic area up and then tack it down in position so that it kind of spreads it out and makes it more more aesthetically pleasing. Hmm. Uh, the response to that was, can you take the fat from around the penis and put it in my penis to make it larger? I don't think it works that way. Yeah, you probably could. I don't do that because it's just too risky. And ninety percent of my patients are females. Yeah, we know that we know that hasn't been perfected yet because there guys aren't walking. There aren't like a hundred thousand guys walking around with a two foot ding ding. You know, I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah, that that doesn't sound like a good idea. I recommend you don't do that. I'm not even the plastic surgeon, and I recommend don't put needles in your penis. Um, our next question: I've had children. I'm carrying weight in my stomach. I don't know how to lose it. What can I do? All right, so if, if I tell all the patients that have just had, had babies to make sure that they, they get back on a nice, natural, healthy diet, which is really just a high-protein diet, low carbs. In other words, whatever carbohydrates that you would get in your vegetables and just nice, nice fruits is really all that you should do. And then wear an abdominal binder, which is like a little, it's like a little Velcro band. It's about maybe 8 to 12 inches in width, and you just kind of wrap that around the bottom of the abdomen, and you kind of get it appropriately snug so that it helps get the swelling out. It helps make that skin kind of retract from its being stretched for so long, and that definitely helps. Um, getting back into exercise as soon as you can. You know, you don't have to do any running, but, you know, just at least 30 to 45 minutes of some sort of exercise three or four days a week, circuit training would be best if you could do it. Then you would burn up all that extra fat after pregnancy. Nice. That's really good advice. Okay, sorry, I've got people writing in. Our next question, I have very, very low confidence. I've transitioned. This is a really long one. Hang on. It's in our messages. So this gentleman, uh, this lady has been through a transition and had a lot of bad plastic surgery done because she was trying to save money and is afraid to go out and doesn't know how to repair it. Uh, bad implants, bad lipo, uh, bad Brazilian. Yeah, you know, we see probably 30% of my population are, are patients that have had surgery outside of the country. I mean, we're here in Miami, so we see, I mean, my patients come from Africa. They come from, from Central America, uh, from Europe. And you see, a lot of, you see a lot of surgeries that they could have, 
that either have worn out, you know, you've kind of aged and you might need to have something redone, or maybe the surgeon didn't, didn't do the right surgery for the patient. Usually it's not the surgeon's fault. You know, it's, the problem is, is that sometimes the surgeon allows the patient to tell them to do a, a different type of a surgery than they really need. And then what happens is that, that that surgery fails because it was kind of not what they really needed. So the patient's then on down the line say, you know, it, it was a botched job. And, you know, it, it probably 90% of the time it's not a botched job. It's just it might have been the surgery that was selected might not have been exactly what the patient needed. But uh, for, to answer this, this lady's question is, is that, you know, you find a reputable surgeon that has a good, a good name, that's, uh, that has good work, and you, you see two or three of those type of surgeons, and you get an opinion from all of them. And then you start, by listening to what they say, you become basically an expert in, in what's going to help get you to, the, to the, the look that you want. And then what you do is then you go with the one that, that you really, really like that has given you information that you trust, and then you just do it. And I would start slow. I would find something that would be easy to fix, fix it. Then you gain confidence that the surgeon did a nice job for you. Then you do another one, and, you know, whatever the next thing is you want to fix. So I would kind of approach it almost like getting into the bathtub. You just don't jump in, and when it's hot, you know, just slowly work your way in and see that the results are good, gain trust for your, with your physician, and then, uh, then you'll see that you'll, if, you've, if you pick the right guy and, and, you've, and you find out what the right diagnosis or what their problem is, and you start to correct it. I mean, immediately, you know, you see them come in and they're smiling. They're so excited to see you. And, you know, it's, it's definitely life-changing. Hmm. How do you check a, a, a plastic surgeon's... Uh, Credentials. Credentials, yes. Well, you know, if... if, if uh, you know, that's, that's tough. You know, that's, that's, that's a really tough question. But you know what you would do is you just... You would, you would look up on... I mean, with the social media and all that is... All that right now, you know, you just go under the different... The different websites and just read everything, you know, listen to the patients. You know, if, if you go into the, under the reviews, you know, the doctor had great bedside manner. He, he, he treated me well. You know, he's a fantastic surgeon. He was compassionate. Uh, he's, even though that this particular thing wasn't quite right, he worked with me. We did a scar revision. It was unbelievable, you know, basically, which means he's standing behind his work. No, you just sit there and read that. If you start saying, you know, a doctor blew me off after the first visit, you know, then, you know, but. You just have to. You just have to read that, and then you go visit them and see if what they're, what your, what the reviews are saying are exactly what you're getting. And then, if you have friends in that town, you have the friends investigate. You know, if if you were in California, you wanted to come to Miami, then you would sit there, have a friend in Miami, and say, "Listen, can you kind of ask around and check on this guy and and see who are the two or, the two or three top plastic surgeons are there that do a lot of breasts or whatever it is that you want?" And then you go see them. Um, you know, you have one body, and you have you have one really good opportunity to make a nice change and you know it's uh everybody's looking for a deal you know you know you get your deal at walmart you, you want to pay up for the best best surgeon that you can that you can have okay so don't well, get your boobs done at walmart okay yeah i don't. think okay. i think plastic surgery goes in the same category category as tattoos I don't have any tattoo. I wouldn't get a tattoo. But if I did, I want to pay enough money that I'm getting a really good one because it's permanent. I think plastic surgery kind of goes under that under that heading as well. <coughs> you you kind of don't want to go 
on the cheapy, and that leads us into our next question, which I, I can probably answer, but I'm not going to. What do you think about people going to Mexico for plastic surgery? The woman was saying she got it cheaper, and she got to choose three things and got one free. I mean, you know, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with it. You know, it's medical tourism, so you know we have the same thing. We have people from Europe and, and South America and Canada and everywhere coming to see us. So, medical tourism is is the real deal. But you know, when people go to from the United States, where these where where we're extremely well trained, and this is what we do every day, and they go to Mexico, and they get it done. And the problem is this: what happens? If you have your surgery there, you come home, and all of a sudden you develop problems. Are you going to fly back to Mexico every week or every other day to get checked? So what happens is, is these patients, they do that, and then they have a, a, a particular problem, like a breast infection or something, and then, um, then they, they come to your office because nobody wants to help them because, you know, it's, nobody wants to be legally involved in, in a, a problem that, that wasn't even yours to begin with. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a interesting situation but you can do it i just be cautious and make sure that the doctor that you go to is is really really good again check the reputation and make 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 sure that it's worth the risk to go down there and the follow-up that you may or may not be able to to get i i gotta say just a personal opinion not a plastic surgeon obviously um watch a show called botched lots of people go on there that had their stuff done in mexico just just saying. Oh my um, God! There's a freaking show. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I watch that. I watch that show periodically, and you know, you 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 see these patients, and you know, some of them do need do need some do need the help that they provide. So you know, there's you just have to be careful. You know, just be careful. I mean, the one thing with when it comes to your health and and medical is. Make sure you go to somebody that's well trained that that you trust and and has has a good reputation, and then you'll be fine. What is the biggest red flag? Ah, oh, the biggest red flag. You know, if if I saw a patient come in that that was like video recording or somebody that came in and with just a poor attitude to all the all the staff that helps me and doesn't treat everybody right, you know, again, they're, they're coming to you to see if you're a good doctor, but, you know, we also take a look at our patients to see if they're going to be a good patient, and I wouldn't want patients in, that come to my office that are, are mean to my girls or mean to, mean to our staff because we're plenty busy. We don't, we, don't, we don't need those type. We want people that are going to be part of the family, you know, that, that we're going to enjoy seeing Weekly, monthly, yearly for for several years. So it's you know you want to you want to watch out for personalities and look out for unrealistic expectations that the patients might have. Or on the other hand, un, uh, I guess a, a doctor giving unrealistic expectations. Right. What were the what right, were the right, exactly, and the that's red why flags? that's why you should go to several doctors to check out to make yeah. sure that that plan sounds like everybody else is is, is uh, recommending. What are you most proud of? What what piece of you know what uh, <laughs> reconstruction or fix? It, it's an odd question, but it was asked, and it's actually a very good one. What are you most proud of? I like. I think I'm most proud of the surgeries that that they have a little bit of asymmetry. That's a little bit more difficult. You know, like let's say for the breast, one's really really small, and the other one's really big. You know, and when you see that, that's a really complex problem because the foundations of the breast are completely different. One has a small foundation, one's really big. And to try to make those 
as symmetric as you can is very difficult. And the patients think it's easy. You know, they think that they think that you can do anything. But you know, there's it's tough. And so th- those are the most rewarding cases. And and you know, when the when the patients come in and and you know that you've changed their personality and they've kind of blossomed like a like a new flower. It's, it, it, or they come in super excited and they say, you know, I, I haven't looked this good in 15 years. You know, that just that really makes you feel good. What do you think the most important part of anti-aging is when it comes? I know you can use retinase and things like that, but what helps people look younger? That's an odd question. Exercise, you know, normal exercise, getting an occupation that they're not so stressed, you know, setting up their lifestyle for anti-stress. Uh, taking supplements, really your your vitamin C's and your 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 free radical absorbers uh, are all all super important for that. Retin A and daily on the skin, we should all do that because it can kind of reverse some of the skin damage from the UVB light that we get. It makes the skin more elastic. It makes the dermis and the skin thicker, and it's great for the face. It's great for the back of the hands. It's great for the neck and the upper chest areas, and you know. I don't. I don't use it every day, but I should, and I tell all my patients I should I, that they should use it. It's a great product, and then maybe like a chemical peel to the face, almost like a little mini facelift with the chemical action on the skin. Maybe do that once every six months on a really really light light peel, and uh, and then do fillers. That's how you would do maintenance to really look nice, look way younger than your stated age, and. Uh, and uh, to avoid having to have surgery is uh, those those things work from the outside in skin with your retin A and then your chemical peels to tighten the skin and then fillers to kind of give more volume to that skin that's underneath to kind of push it nice and smooth. But don't over inject, right? It's got to be conservative. What about the decolletage? I just got three tweets for that. What what about the decolletage? Yes, the, for sure. That's the, that's the upper upper chest area around the lower lower neck, upper chest. You know, the, you want to make sure you wear sunscreen. You know, everybody thinks if you put sunscreen on that you're not going to get a tan. Well, it, it, the sunscreen, really what it does is it blocks the damaging UVB light that can uh, that can cause a problem. And that's what makes the skin really thin and kind of makes, you can kind of see through the skin and see the vessels and you start seeing a little wrinkling and you see some some freckling and some pigmentation. So all of all of that, the retin-A's and the chemical peels and the sunscreens are super important. Fair enough. Uh, we're near the end of the show. Uh, where can everybody find you? Yes, it's um, Dr. Philip Kraft. Um, I'm at Body by Kraft down here in Miami. Um, we have a lot of fun. We do a, a lot of cosmetic surgery and try to make these patients happy. You have a perfect last name for this, by the way. You so, do. You know, really, really do. You're me. awesome. Um, we didn't get to about 800 questions. I know that they really, really wanted to get to, so I'm going to try and drag you on again, if that's okay with you. Yeah, and again, um, people don't pleasure. send the don't send the D pics, right? Yeah, please, no. please don't send me pictures. I didn't need that. That 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 was I I have coffee to wake up. Um, Doctor Kraft, thank you so much for being on with us, and of course, thank you to my thank wonderful you so much for having me anytime. I'm going to hold you to that. You said it. It's on air. It, they heard it. Good night, guys. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.